she's going to bring fresh bread from heaven. Um, and she's going to feed us spiritually. So give it up for Louise. Amen. Good morning, everybody. And happy St. Patrick's Day. Who was singing songs this morning? Irish songs. I bet you we're all singing them. Yeah. Come into the parlour. You know that one? Because I'm Irish, come into the parlour. Well, I'm inviting you all to come into the parlour of God this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house. Um, we're continuing on in our series of Psalms. Um, Noel kicked it off, I think it was two weeks ago. And um, so I'm going to be talking this morning from Psalm 3. So if you want to turn to Psalm 3 um, in your Bible or on your phone or whatever. So just before I get into it, um, I was thinking about when, when I accepted Jesus into my heart. And I remember that day very well. And when I asked him to come into my heart, I confessed my sins and, and I asked him to be Lord and Savior of my life. Like many of us here this morning have done. And when I did that, I knew my salvation in God was secure. I knew that I would see uh, God in heaven, that I would spend eternity with him. But somewhere along the way in life, I thought it was going to be a bed of roses. You know, I thought that this life, once you accept Jesus into your heart, that no troubles and no tribulations would come. How naive was I? But, you know, I began to think about it. And I think as I'm getting older, wiser, um, I believe that my salvation is a daily working out. It's a daily working out. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you've given your life to Jesus, that you're not going to heaven. You are going to heaven. But I believe when you're stepping into new things in God, into new seasons in God, your salvation is daily worked out. It's a daily confessing to God. It's a daily, God, will you keep me today? It's a daily choosing to do the right things in God. You know, it's a daily... um It's a a daily saying, Lord, search me. Search me, Lord, if there's any offensive ways in me. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's a new light salvation. And in Psalm 3, we're going to learn a lot this morning from Psalm 3. You know, in this psalm, David pours out his life in Psalm 3. And there's only eight lines in this psalm. But he pours out his life in it. And this psalm is in conjunction with Second Samuel 15. Um, so I'll be jumping kind of in between the, the two uh, scriptures. But what we learn from David, he's a man just like you and I here this morning. And we can learn about David's sufferings in the psalms. He was a king, first of all. And he faced many trials. But he had a heart for God. He knew God, he worshipped God, he prayed to God, but yet he was a man that was without flaws. And there's times in our lives, you know what, where troubles come, where they overwhelm us, where they can overtake us. We go through those seasons where we think, 
you know, troubles are stacking up against us one after the other. Yeah? And you know what? In these eight lines of this psalm, I want you to just, if you can remember one thing, if you get discouraged, if you get defeated over the next couple of weeks or months, if your troubles begin to stack up against you, when your head is hung low, when you're beaten by discouragement, God is saying this morning, lift up your head. He's saying, lift up your head this morning. He's the lifter of our head. He's all around us. We've sang it this morning. Christ be with us. Christ be in me. Christ be all around me. He's the lifter of our heads this morning. And my prayer, Father God, is come and lift those heads that are heavy this morning. Come, Father God, and be the lifter of heads here this morning. Heavy hearts. Heavy hearts that are burdened. Heavy hearts that are troubled. Heavy hearts, Father God, that are weary. Father, will you come and do something this morning, Father God. Father, just touch every person that's here. Every family member that's represented here this morning. And Father, let your new light shine here this morning, Father God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So this is what Psalm 3 says. And David actually wrote this psalm and he titled the psalm, he says, When he fled from his son Absalom. Can someone get me a drink of water? Yeah, please. Sorry. And this is what it says. He said, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Thank you. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I called out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord. Deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. You know, when I was in, in study this week of the scripture, this, you know, when I get into it, I'd have to go back into, you know, well, why did David write that psalm, Lord? Why was he crying to you, Lord? Why was he, you know, crying up to you in the holy mountain, Lord? And I went back and the Lord began to show me in Kings and Chronicles and Samuel, all the successes that David had, all the many victories that David had. And you know, what God did was, he actually chose David. He chose him to slay the giant. He chose him to be king. He chose him to be anointed. The Lord made David a successful military leader in the army. And then God chose then to bless David And that was one of his promises. He said, I'm going to bless you, David, and I'm going to bless your household. I'm going to bless your lineage. And then there came a time in David's life 
when he took his eyes off God. And he pours his heart out in Psalm 3. And he pours his heart out in Psalm 3 because of his past tribulations. But when he took his eyes off God, David had committed adultery. He had sinned with Bathsheba. And this woman was another man's wife. And this woman was the wife of Uri. And Uri was an army officer that served in, in David's army. He was one of the generals. And then David goes and he tries to cover up his sin with this woman. You know, there came a time in David's life, because of his sin, it actually drove a wedge between him and God. The relationship became distant. There came a time in David's life when when he was rebuked by Nathan, and Nathan was the prophet, and the Lord sent Nathan to David, and, and he sent him to tell him, I know what you've done. You see, the Lord sees everything. But the Lord was also trying to rescue David. But he sent Nathan the prophet. And when he sent Nathan the prophet, Nathan the prophet begins to tell David this story about sin that's in his household. And But Nathan was actually talking about David. And when David realized that Nathan was talking about him, David begins to get a heavy heart. And he begins to confess the sin. And he begins to own up and he begins to say, yes, I am a guilty man. There came a time in David's life when judgment comes. And it comes on David because of the sin in his life. And because of the sin in his life, there was consequences. And it brought misfortune on David's household. It brought misfortune on David's children. You know, that time in David's life, it led him to disobey the leading of the Holy Spirit. His children turned against one another. His children began to bicker with one another. His children began to murder one another. David became deceitful. But his children, the evil that came upon them was worse. There was rape in his household. His son, Absalom, begins to flee the country. And when he returned later, Absalom only returned when there was resentment built up in his heart. And when he returned, that resentment was towards his father, David. But when he returned, he had a plan. Absalom was going to conspire and he was setting up a conspiracy to dethrone his father, David, out of the kingdom. And Absalom goes about the king's courts. And the people that are coming to complain to the king, Absalom takes favor on these people and he begins to draw them in to his presence. And he begins to be more empathetic with them, more so than David would have been. So Absalom's favor begins to increase in the kingdom. And because of this, Absalom sets up to kill his father. And David gets wind of this. 
And David begins to flee. He begins to flee from his own palace. But to add insult to injury, there was a man called Shimei. And he was from the family line of Saul. And he comes out as David is passing through Jerusalem. And this man, Shimei, begins to hurl insults and abuse. And he begins to throw stones at David. I mean, David was having a rough time. David was having a really rough time. You see, this man, Shimei, he believed that David had a conspiracy to dethrone Saul. So Psalm 3 is directly linked to 2 Samuel 15. And I know I've thrown a lot at you there this morning. But in Psalm 3, it says that David pours out his heart. He pours out his heart to God. He begins to tell God of his troubles. How many, Lord, are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver me. Everything that David had spent his life working for had suddenly began to be stripped away. Everything. We hear the cry of David's heart to the Lord. How many rise up against me. He cries out to God. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying that God will not deliver you. You know, things were beginning to to have a snowball effect. David's enemies were grown daily. And the worst thing of all was that his enemies were saying that there's no help from. What they were saying was that David, God has abandoned you. You see, David was so highly favoured. And the people knew that there was an anointing on him. They knew that David carried a presence, that he carried a stature about him of God. The people knew this. But then they begin to hurl insults at him. Then they begin to say to him, where is your God? Where is your God? His enemies were rising up against him. What an accusation to throw at David. You know, the words must have, they must have cut him like a knife. Imagine, there's no deliverance for you, David, in God. God's hand has been taken away from you. David, you're a hypocrite. David, you're an adulterer. David, you're a deceiver. David, you're a murderer. God will never deliver you, David. These words must have pounded and pounded in his heart. And it got me thinking, you know, we can have similar parallels to David's life in our own troubles. We can identify some of the opposition that David came up against. And maybe your children have turned their back on you. Maybe there's been false accusations about you in your workplace. And people in your workplace have rose up against you. Maybe there's been people in the church that you've prayed about, that you care about. And they begin to slander you. They begin to slander your name. Your motives are good, but they begin to slander you. 
And it begins to hurt. It begins to cut like a knife. But you know, although David sinned, and his sin was great, there was repercussions with the sin. There was consequences with the sin. Because you see, David's sin it hurt a lot of people around him. And what we gather from David's life, when Nathan the prophet confronts him, he does own his sin. David begins to own his sin. He knows he's a guilty man. He knew his actions had hurt a lot of people around him. And this is what I love about David. He repents. David knew. He knew that he had done wrong. He knew that he had offended God. And with this confession, it brought him back. It brought him back into intimacy with God. It brought him back into that deep place with God again. You see, God had forgiven him. God was so merciful to David. God never took the anointing away. He was his chosen one. And although David was crying out to God, when he cried out to the living God, what he was doing was he was seeking the Lord again. He was taking refuge in God again. And then in verse 3 we see, we see that David's heart is turned from discouragement to faithfulness. And David begins to say, but you Lord are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head. Hallelujah. You know, when life falls apart, we've got to know who God is. We've got to lay hold of who God is in our prayer time. You see, David took refuge in God again. When no one would help David, God was his shield. God was the one that was protecting him. God was the one that was protecting him from the, from the arrows and from the slings and God was all around him. Just like when a soldier goes into battle and he begins to carry a shield into the battleground. And he holds that, that, that shield to protect him from spears and to protect him from stones and to protect him from losing his life. The shield of God was all around David. When David lost his glory from a human perspective, here's David, king of the castle, king of the palace, in his splendor, in his glory, everything surrounded him. And he loses it all. He had nothing. But God was his glory. God became his glory again. When there was no one to encourage David, God would encourage him. God was the one that lifted his head up again. When David cried out to God, God heard David from his holy hill. That's what the word tells us. He heard him from his holy hill. 
Today we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And we heard it this morning. Patrick answered the call of God. We heard that he was a slave, that he was captured here to this land in Ireland. And he was made work this land, Patrick was. He often went hungry. He was cold, often naked. And then he escapes, Patrick, and he goes back home. And when he's back home, (laughs) he hears the voice of God calling him again, back to the Irish people. And he returns to Ireland and he begins to preach the gospel of God. Patrick climbed the hill of Slain and he lit a fire. And after the high priest of Ireland said that his fire was the only fire in town, Patrick came along and Patrick knew a greater fire. Patrick knew a greater king. The proclaimed king. And this king was Jesus. Patrick brought Jesus to the Irish people. Patrick spread the fire of God throughout this land. And as a result, thousands of Irish people were converted. They were converted from paganism to Christianity. Hallelujah. Our ancestors, our people, who were once enslaved to spiritual darkness, superstition, magic, idolatry, living in fear of the druid priests and the pagan tribal chieftains. Our people, our ancestors, accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And our declaration this morning, Lord, do it again. Come on, Lord, do it again. Lift the heads of the Irish people again. Lord, light your fire again throughout this land. Lord, awaken your believers again that they repent and that they turn back to the living God. Do it again, Lord. Just as David turned back to God, what happened with David, there was a shift. He began to shift his focus. He began to stop looking at his troubles. He began to stop looking at the tribulations and he ran and took refuge in the arms of the Almighty God. So what does it take to lift your head up this morning? Well, you've got to bring your burdens to God. Don't cry to the people all around you. Don't complain to the people around you. Cry up to God. Cry up to the living God. When people say to you, where is your God now? Has God abandoned you? What are you going to that church for? There's that one. God is doing nothing for you. We've all heard those lines. Take your troubles to God. Run into the arms of God, into the refuge of God. You'll find peace there in the midst of the storm. 
You see, when David was going through it, he knew the peace of God. When the taunts come, because they'll come. You know what? David didn't react to Shimei when he was throwing the stones at him, when he was hurling abuse at him. He didn't react. Imagine. He walked out humbly, David, and he didn't react to his accusers. Get on your knees before God. Because when you do, he'll meet you there. When David's life was falling apart, he took refuge in God. Have you ever prayed a prayer, Lord, keep me. Lord, keep me. If that's all you can utter, God will hear you from his holy hill. Because when we take hold of God in prayer, we're going to experience his peace. And you know something about David? He, his faith was determined. And we see it in these eight lines. When we find ourselves when we're going through stuff, we can struggle with sleep. Although my husband would say I don't, but anyway. But we can struggle with sleep. We can struggle with eating. Have you ever ate your way through stress? (laughs) But you know what? Here's David. There's tens of thousands of men. His enemies are on pursuit of him. David is a fugitive on the run. And these enemies are coming after him. And here's David and he's camped out in the wilderness. And he sleeps right through the night. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands of men assail me on every side. God was sustaining him in his sleep. When troubles are going on in your life, if you're sleeping right through the night, praise God. Praise God. Because you're breathing. Your heart is beating. Your blood is pumping around your body. Your organs are operating. The same God who sustained David will sustain you. Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. In everything. In every single thing that comes against us. Through prayer and supplication. Give thanks. Give thanks to God. And present your request to him. God will be your protector. God will be your defender. You know, when David was out in that wilderness, he woke up safe and sound because the Lord sustained him. David called out to God to arise, to move, and to take action in verse 7. And he says, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessings be on your people. He called for God 
to strike down his enemies, to deliver him for them, to deliver him from them. You see, when David's son Absalom, when he rose up against him, when he rose up to dethrone him, to dethrone his father, David left Jerusalem. And you gotta picture this. This mighty king David. He leaves Jerusalem barefoot. He walks out of Jerusalem barefoot. And as he's walking out, he's full of shame. His head is held low. And when he's walking through Jerusalem, the taunts are coming, the accusations are coming. He doesn't retaliate. But where does he go? He goes up to the mountain of God. He goes up to the Mount of Olives. He goes weeping. But when he goes weeping, he goes to worship his God. He goes back to that place of intimacy with God. You see, this man, David, he knew his failings. He knew. He knew his sin. You see, David had nowhere else to go but only to run into the arms of God. He acknowledges his sin. He acknowledges that his son, Absalom, has called him a failure. David recognized his failings. Imagine as a father, as a father, your son rising up against you to dethrone you out of your house. Imagine. And this is what Absalom did. He rose up against his father. And when he rose up, David is dethroned. He has, he, he had to flee. He had to flee for the safety of his life. But imagine as a father looking back, I've even failed my son. I've even failed my son. But in and all, when he goes to the Mount of Olives, when he goes to worship God, when he goes back to that place, he begins to hear God again. He begins to move in the Holy Spirit again. He begins to get back into that place of intimacy again with God. You see, David was coming back. David was rising up again. David was fully restored in his rightful place again. You see, David knows his calling. David knew he was called to be king of Jerusalem. But you see, David asked the Lord for a plan. And he says, God, give me a plan. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Smash their teeth. I'm not telling you to go out and do that. But he says, smash their teeth of the wicked. And you know what? God answered that prayer. The Lord actually answered that prayer. David is coming back a different man. He rose up again. But he's coming back in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that was the difference. He was coming back as a king and he was going to lead Israel with the power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have an agenda, David. He comes back as a servant, as a humble servant. And he's led by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the reverence of God. And he's restored to Jerusalem as king again. And the highlight of the story is that the people 
began to receive him back as the king into his palace in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So this morning, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Do you have a reverence for God here this morning? I know I'm taking a challenge saying that. I know I'm taking a risk saying that. But do you have a reverence for God this morning? When sin is in your life, Do you confess your sin? Do you repent of your sin? Do you allow the Lord to fill you? Do you allow the Lord to cleanse you? We see when David came back as king, he had a reverence for God. His reverence was so deep for God that he didn't want to hurt the Lord again. And we're going to open up the front. And if there's sin in your life and it's between you and God, you can confess your sin to God this morning. You can ask the Lord to strengthen you in that area. You can ask the Lord to help you in that area. You can ask the Lord for his reverence. Because when you have the reverence of God, You won't go back to that place of sin again. You won't go back. And this morning, maybe you need God to be your protector. Maybe you need God to be your defender. God will sustain you. You know, God will restore you back. He will restore you back, just like he restored David back. You know, the Lord will restore us back to joy, to the joy of our salvation. When we repent of our sins, if we're humble, if we're right with God, he will restore you back. You know, just like St. Patrick This guy, he was raised in a Christian home. And he once said, he said, I did not know the true God. That's what Patrick said. He said, I didn't know the true God. He said, I took no thought for my salvation. He said, I turned my back on God. This young man, he rebelled against what he had been taught about God. But the Lord was merciful. The Lord looked down on Patrick and he didn't forget about Patrick. He used Patrick. He brought Patrick to this land 
to preach the gospel of God. But when he brought him, before he brought him, Patrick repented of his ways. He repented for his actions towards God. Patrick knew he had hurt the Lord. He acknowledged the fact that he was a sinner. But God used him. Patrick put his trust and his faith back in God, just like David. David began to put his trust and his faith back in God. And he came back powerful. He came back in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm going to call the worship team back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we know this morning there's been a lot of declarations. There's been some declarations that have been spoken, but I don't want anyone to leave. We want to do another declaration over the people in the house this morning. I'm going to ask David to come. And, you know, Patrick, this is what St. Patrick's Day is all about. It's not about a parade, and it's, although that's all great for the kids and all that, but this was about a man, Patrick, that answered the call of God, that preached the gospel of God all around this nation. And in Patrick's own writing, he said, I was converted with all my heart to the Lord God. And I want to release that on the house this morning. I want to release that each one of us here this morning, that we're converted to the Lord God with all our heart. All our heart. That we give everything to God. Hallelujah. Hi everyone. Um, So if you want you can repeat it after me or or say it to yourself wherever. So I I arise today through the mighty strength and invocation of the Trinity. Through the belief and the Through the belief in the thirdness, through the confession of oneness of the creator of creation, I arise today through the strength of heaven, through the light of the sun, through the radiance of the moon and the splendor of the fire, through speeding of lightning, through swiftness of the wind, of the depth of the sea and the stability of earth and the firmness of rocks. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me. God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, and God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me, and from snares of the devil, from temptations of vices, from everyone who shall wish me ill, a fair and near, alone in a multitude. Christ be with me, Christ be before me, Christ be behind me. Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left. Christ when I lie down and Christ when I sit down. Christ when I arise, Christ Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me and Christ in every ear that hears me. Today I arise through the mighty strength and invocation of the Trinity, through the belief of the thirdness, through the confession of oneness 
of the Creator of creation. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Just as David was received back by the people as their king, this morning you're received back by our Heavenly Father. And the Lord would say this morning, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Arise. Arise and lift up your head. And we're going to sing this song. And we're going to go out this morning. And we're going to worship and we're going to praise God. Because God sustains us. God keeps us. God keeps us. Even in our trials and even in our tribulations. Our God is powerful. Our God is powerful. You know, even when we might distance ourselves from God, He is always surrounding us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.